the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe and share that you listen to this show so that everybody else can learn about it too. I would really appreciate it. Today, I'm really excited because I have my friend Allie with us from LA. She's visiting me from LA. She has a lot of stories. We work together in our anti-communism education efforts, and we're going to talk about that today and a little bit more about Allie because she is just like me mentally. And when it comes to a passion for history, we are like ideological twins and we both love researching this kind of stuff. So I'm excited to introduce you guys to her. And with that being said, Allie, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Are you enjoying Phoenix right now? It's so hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, what about, like, safety? What do you think? Because for me, I'm from, I came from Texas to Phoenix Mm -hmm. just for the year, and I'm already moving out. But when I moved here, I was showing you across my place is a homeless encampment. Yeah. But you experience that a lot in L.A., right? Right. Yeah. So I've lived in L.A. for... Gosh, I think I moved there August of 2013, so nine years almost, and uh, it's been really interesting because I used to just feel super safe. I have always kind of been into like crime and crime junkie kind of stuff, and so I was I consider myself to be a little bit more aware and self aware, but lately it's I mean in the last two years it's just been it's it's a steady decline of overall public safety and it's becoming a problem like today i on the way uh, earlier this morning i was just um i follow this account street people of los angeles oh, i think i follow that too <laughs> and they have one uh street people of beverly hills and um one guy i guess was like it's like a couple blocks from my neighborhood and i'm like right outside beverly hills some crack addicts were inside of a person's car smoking crack and he confronted them like we're getting to the point where like <laughs> citizens are over it like people are done with this and oh, so no. yeah it's it's wild every day there's something new um and yeah it's wild yeah I, w- I was listening i like to watch old news clips and stuff on youtube or whatever mm. when i'm getting ready in the morning it's yeah. a thrilling <laughs> thrilling habit of mine i know just great content um and i was watching a tucker segment on la i mm-hmm. think from like six months ago or so mm-hmm. and first of all he talked about um this young woman who was working alone at some store she was 24 or so and she was working alone in a store in la and a homeless guy came in and stabbed her she's dead Wow. And her yeah. dad went on Tucker and, and maybe I remember Tucker, this actually. Yeah. Was, her dad went on the news and was talking about it and he was so level headed. He was like, there's good people in society that want to do good for the world and want to help this community mm-hmm. and contribute every day. And for some reason we're appeasing people that couldn't care less mm-hmm. about the life, the life of a young woman and that they are act careless and they mm-hmm. hurt other people. Yeah. And I was thinking of you because we just talked about the other guy, the NASCAR driver yes. just last week got stabbed by a homeless guy at the mm-hmm. gas station. Now yeah. I'm always alert, but I can't imagine not being able to like 
be aware of my concealed carry firearm in mm-hmm. LA where that kind of stuff is just really not allowed, right? Yeah. No. Um, and our sheriff, Villanueva, he's actually pretty cool that there's some like beef against him, I guess, but everyone has beef against him these days. Anyway, um, he is actually, um, allowing people to conceal carry again in LA oh. because crime has increased so much. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, um, I can't remember what it was. I want us to do an episode on the DA stuff mm-hmm. and on Gascon yeah. because you're a part of the recall Gascon movement mm-hmm. yes. effort that's yes. almost victorious at this point, right? Um, almost, we'll, yeah. We'll stay tuned for that Crossing one. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw, I was reading this article about how the sheriff Villanueva is his name. Mm-hmm. He was countering the DA for not doing his job and he was saying, uh, I think what happened is the DA was removing support uh, systems and resources and personnel that are there to help victims of crimes and like alert them when uh, a guy's getting on bail that hurt them and stuff like that. And so the sheriff's department stepped in and said, we'll offer the people if you guys won't do your job and won't protect the actual victims. Yeah. And that's not the only unit that the DA has disbanded. So, I mean, we can save that for, I love that for you guys. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of curious too. Did you move to LA because you, used to be in the LA mindset in that way? Like you thought that it would fit you ideologically too or? No, actually I tell people I'm like the least LA girl like there is possibly. Um, I really just like had the opportunity to move down there Mm -hmm. um, and I took it. I was, you know, young, I was 23. I wanted a new change of scenery, born and raised in California, Northern California. Um, And, uh, you know, LA seemed appealing to me. Um, And really I just, I moved there with $300 in my pocket, um, in oh, my bank account. So yeah. Um, but actually a lot of people do that. Like, oh yeah, a lot of people bond over the amount of money that we had in our bank account. So we moved to LA. It's a thing, I guess. Anyway. I mean, I, um, I'm from the East coast. So people talk about like, I'm moving West. Yeah, I'm going to California. Yeah, like, that was chase always your joke. dreams. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to move down there for a job and I, you know, made a career for myself and then just really in 2020, when things started to like get a little sketchy, mm-hmm. that's when I really start to started to come to like realize what was going on and like the severity and the seriousness of the situation. What's that been like for you? How would you describe that about yourself and where you came from? Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised conservative um, and Christian. And then, you know, I think... I hit my early 20s and I started to just question a lot about my faith and um, what I really believed in. And I feel like it's really psychologically normal for young 20s to, you know, go through this phase and they're experimenting and trying new things and all of that. And that's great. Like, I think people should have that freedom and that like opportunity to see what really like settles with them. Um, and in a sense, you know, I had to like, I walked away from my faith for a couple of years. I was really hurt by the church. Um, and then I think, you know, around like 25, 26, maybe even 27, I really felt like God was like, call me back to being a more faithful Christian. Um, and so I really like dove into my faith in that way. And um, really during like 2020, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It, there was something that like flipped 
inside of me. And there was really nothing appealing about the way that I was living, um, you know, with my friends. And not that I was really up to much. Like, I know, like, it's not like, like you're up to no good. Right. But. It was like, it's just, it was like, the Bible talks about, sorry, I didn't mean to go like so faith-based, but no, I, it it's a huge, often on this show. yeah, it's a huge part of my life though. So, yeah. you know, the Bible talks about being like a lukewarm Christian oh, yeah. and, or Jesus does. And I was just a very lukewarm person in many areas of my life. And I wasn't willing to really st- take a stance because I was living kind of more moderate of like, yeah. let them live, like live and let live. And then I think I found Allie Beth Stuckey. You know, she really brought up like how to be firm in your faith, especially during like COVID and when things weren't really starting to add up for me. I guess during like, you know, I think I told you 2016 to like really 2020, I was really out of the loop with politics and what was going on in the world. I was just really um, self-centered and, um, you know, a little bit just distracted in a sense well that's distracted is a good term yeah and when I think about myself I I describe myself before I really came to my values and before Mm -hmm. I became a very strong Christian I was basically exactly what you would expect of a young woman Mm -hmm. being raised in these times surrounded by all this nasty culture all the pop culture the Mm -hmm. movies the music the lessons that were told from mainstream media pop culture politicians everything it's like Mm -hmm. I'm exactly how that you would expect someone to turn out after growing up in that and yeah. then not having um be after not being exposed to better things and mm-hmm. so that's why I, I have a lot of patience for people like I see some of the things yeah. people post these days and it's easy to judge them and be like what are they doing right it's kind of like you and I talked about previous decisions that have been made by people in our lives or by ourselves yeah. I try not to judge people that I see still making those decisions because I see myself in the past and I know oh wow I just had to get my eyes opened up to other ways to do life and Mm -hmm. to other uh, value sets. Mm -hmm. And then that really helped me and changed me. And so I have patience for those people too. And I just want to maybe set a positive example for them that there's a healthier way for them to be doing things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm kind of curious. So what's funny, you said Allie Beth Stuckey, Mm -hmm. a problem for me because Allie and I work together. For those of you who don't know this, we work (laughs) at the nonprofit together and we put on the freedom records, those interviews with the survivors of communism. So Mm -hmm. you can watch those and Allie and I's work at thefreedomrecords.com. Yes. (laughs) We love doing it. We're very nerdy about it. So it's a perfect pair. Mm -hmm. Now, I have Allie Beth Stuckey's email in my email because we had a different chain or something. And so every time I go to send you something that's like private work related, (laughs) I always accidentally type in Allie and it almost goes to Allie Beth Stuckey. I do it probably weekly. Uh Um, And thank goodness there's like an unsend email button because I'm going to do it one of these days. But yours is Allison. (laughs) Yes. So it's funny you said that, but that's a good transition for us because- I didn't know, I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing this, but you told me the story last night of what you did before you started working in politics or just Mm -hmm. working with me because we're not in politics. We're a nonprofit that's educational. Yeah. I'm so glad that I have you. I'm really appreciative of everything that you do and I'm glad we got brought together. Yeah. Thank you to what? Yeah. Joey Jones. Yeah. Thank you, Joey Jones, for, for connecting <laughs> us. Because um, yeah. he was like, I think you guys would be a good pair. And like, right. you guys would work really well together. You should reach out to Allie. And I was like, okay. Because okay. I trust word of mouth more right. than anything. Just yeah. reading messages or something yeah. and like hoping that someone would work well with me or whatever. Yeah. He reached out and he was like, listen, you need help. Yeah. You need a person at the organization that's just like you. I know this girl, Allison. You would be perfect yeah. together. So thank you to that. Um, <laughs> 
I'm curious of if you could tell a little bit about those sacrifices that you made before when you really were challenged yeah. with your values and stuff and maybe share yeah. a little bit because yeah. it's awesome. And I don't want to make you get personal, but. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it was 2020. I had been at this job for almost two years and I loved it, but really 2020 like really squelched my passion and desire for it just because 2020. Um, and I was just very apathetic towards my career and whatnot. And, um, again, I, I guess they, I guess you call it red pilled. I got red pilled oh. hard. Um, and I, it's funny because like I was born and raised conservative Christian, but I was like during that window, like the mainly during Trump's presidency, I believed everything that Twitter said about him. Um, and so I was just like, Trump is a terrible president. <laughs> Have you seen those tweets? <laughs> Have you seen those mean tweets? And I, and I think a lot of people, the conversations that I've had in the last couple of years, a lot of people bought into like the fear that COVID was, oh, yeah. you know, in March and April and May. And then I think towards the end of May, things started to like add up, not add up, I yeah. mean, and then I was like, just starting to put things together. So anyway, during that time in Beverly Hills, actually, this was really cool. We had huge Trump rallies. I like, remember that. Every week, every week. And it would grow every single week. I met a really amazing group of girls there all by chance. And it was like divine, you know, meeting. Um, and they're still really, we're all still really close. And it's just been I love like, that you have that friend group. It's such a gift. It's, it, it was really a gift at the time. Um, and they'll be my friends forever. But, um, I, you know, I showed up to them alone. We all came alone to these, 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 uh, right rallies because, you know, we were so like, we were looking for people in the same mindset and it was just so fertile for like connections and, um, you know, meeting new people and seeing what other people were doing during this time. And, um, it was really unifying. So, and that's a good, people take that for granted, the ability to go to something alone. Like yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. I go to church alone. Uh -huh. I go to the rodeo alone. Yeah. I go to concerts alone. Yeah. Movies. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, I do that. I go to dinner alone. I yeah. I didn't realize that people don't eat yeah. alone, but like that's all I do because I, I travel it. all the time. Yeah. So I'm always at restaurants alone and people kind of look sad at me. You have to learn <laughs> so to I'm be like, alone. Well, yeah. And so I think that's really beneficial that you guys, mm -hmm. you had your values and it drew you to an event and then mm -hmm. you met those people. So right. it's yeah. the same thing with dating. I like that quote of live the life that you desire mm -hmm. and do the things that you love and it'll bring you into the space of someone whose life matches yours in that way of, of true core values yeah. and that the lifestyle that you desire. So I thought that was nice. It's yeah. the same thing with friends. Right. Exactly. That's cool. So I found those, ra those rallies. Um, mm -hmm. and I kind of forgot where we were going with all of this. Um, uh, so the challenge of with your job. Oh what yeah. Happened? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> during these rallies, there was a ton of media there. Um, and you know, as they grew more and more media came and even more like independent YouTubers and just maybe even like spies, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, what happened was really like, I got my boss found out that I was going to these rallies and she was really like, you know, flustered and just texted me one day and was like, you know, I, I realized that we haven't discussed you being out in big, you know, places with a lot of people, but I saw that you were out with no mask and I need you to quarantine for two weeks before you come back to work and have a negative test and all these things. And then she asked, you know, moving forward, please don't do that essentially. And if you do, I need you to quarantine and just, 
she set all these restrictions on me. And I just, I really took a step back and I realized like, I just don't even want my quality of life to be like this. Like, it's just not the way that I want to live. I don't want to have that restriction. I want to continue going to these rallies and I'm willing to give this job up for that, you know? And so I did, I, I gave them six weeks and they were nice enough to like make it cordial and they paid me out all that time and whatnot. But, um, I really take, took that, that leap of faith and I just knew like that that wasn't the right path for me and by saying no to something you know it always opens up a door for something else and then I took the next year to really like rediscover my skills and passions and gave it gave me time to think about what I really wanted in life and gave me time to travel and then ultimately I think we're coming up on our one year I know. of um, meeting each other. We met at SAS last year. And yeah. then you guys today were actually flying to SAS in like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Allie yeah. was like, yeah, my flight's at four. And I was like, yeah, mine's at like midnight. Yeah. <laughs> no, I land on the East Coast we at We literally midnight fly at the same time. <laughs> and then leave with Allie. <laughs> so oh, great planning by. Yeah. As you can see, I really needed uh, people to, <laughs> to help me to out help because you. it was getting a little chaotic. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's so special, though. What you said in the message to your boss though, of I, I can't comply with this mm-hmm. quality of life. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the pursuit of happiness. I told you that when yeah. you first told me that. And yeah. it's an unspoken thing of, of COVID of what, do we really want to live like this? Mm-hmm. And people started to question that mm-hmm. a lot of non-political people started to say, is this what we're going to do for years to come? Yeah. It turned out to be, yes, that was the yeah. case. And I remember 2020 Christmas, people would say, uh, Oh, it's, it's just for this. And I remember being like, no, unless you guys want this to happen in 2021 and we're going to see it again in 2022, Dr. Fauci saying, well, you know, really limit your, yeah. your get togethers with your family around right. Jesus's birthday and, and all of these ridiculous restrictions of suggestions for outdoor Thanksgiving and stuff. If you want to end that, you need to end it now. Right. If you're going to comply with it, you're going to see it from year to year to year. And yeah. that's what we're seeing. California's getting their mask mandate back. So yeah. you standing up for yourself was really powerful. And then mm-hmm. I like to some people don't stand up for themselves mm-hmm. and then it makes it kind of hard for us. We were talking just like in dating and with meeting someone, mm-hmm. you want to be on the same foundation as them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't and see the these core things, the same passion for yeah. freedom. Yeah. I see that too of like, well, if you comply with certain things, does that mean if we have children one day, you're going to be okay with what the government expects of them and what mm-hmm. the government forces on them? Yeah. I mean, California was saying they were going to force vax onto kids over five to go to public school. And mm-hmm. then they also make it impossible to do any other schooling except for going to public school, basically. Right. Yeah. Or and- it's not impossible, but they make it very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so what they do there with that that creative regulation, those mm-hmm. creative mandates and requirements, I want someone that's going to say, I will stand between my family and the government every single day. Exactly. And so, you know. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you caught wind of this, um, the um, school mandate for the kids has been, was like continuously postponed. And now they've dropped the whole entire mandate for the school year. So who knows though, like what they're going to try to pull, but the parents aren't getting their kids vaccinated and they know that like they have to know at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's it's highly unfortunate. So yeah. after that, I think what's nice is you took that year for yourself and then we got brought together. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. And we're going to SAS, which I like SAS because it's nice to see everybody. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't get to meet people like you. Yeah. Um, but what did you envision for yourself? Because this is what I like. Maybe we should do a whole episode on childhood development. I oh, would really yeah. love that. I think we have time today. Okay. Um, you guys, that would be a treat. I yeah. basically just have questions for Allie whenever I see her. <laughs> when we go to like Dallas to film the 
communism interviews. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, Allie, is it true? <laughs> like when, well, you, when you look at a pee stick pregnancy test, do you really release these hormones? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess people should know my background's in child development. Yeah, so yeah. basically I have these questions for Allie because she has a really cool educational background yeah. in this kind of stuff. Can we yeah. talk about that and why you got that? Mm-hmm. And did you see yourself having a career in that or did you just have a passion for it? What was that? Yeah, Um. so... I really have always loved psychology. Um, and even just like as a young high schooler, I was like really fascinated by brain development and mm-hmm. all of that. And then, um, my dad, you know, growing up, he would always say, find something that you're good at and that you can, ma- and then it makes you money. And that's like what you should do, you know, like pursue that. And so I loved working with kids and, um, I just really enjoyed learning about their development and all of that. And so ultimately I went into, you know, child development and psychology and then I studied that and then I went into teaching preschool for a little bit and then my career that I really built what I was talking about earlier was nannying in um, LA which was a total trip um (laughs) yeah for like really famous people yeah I mean often yeah well-known rich wealthy people obviously um and then also just really like average you know normal people too you know there's it's a big spectrum but Hmm, interesting yeah so I was I was a nanny for like eight and a half nine years um and so I have quite a lot of experience with that and then I also have training with like newborn care and all that so anyway and so (laughs) I got interested in that stuff and we've had so many conversations about it now but I got interested after COVID when they Mm -hmm. started saying our kids were resilient Mm mm-hmm I mean, you probably know firsthand that's not the case. Right. I started reading childhood development books from in the womb to 18, 25 years old yeah. because I was just like, you know, I'm not a mom, but I have a feeling this is not the case. Right. I have a feeling this is going to be damaging. And yeah. this was in early 2020 when they were yeah. first starting to close down schools, first starting to do this stuff. And now I'm just, my whole vision of it all is just, I'm flabbergasted yeah. by the things that we put into our bodies, the lies that we believe mm-hmm. and the status quo that we've accepted for raising children yeah. and, and nourishing them. It's, it's shocking to me. It's really sad. I think, you know, there are points during a child's life when they are re- really resilient and mm-hmm. they can like learn to just bounce back and figure it out. But, you know, it goes down to like nature versus nurture. And that's a huge, um, you know, controversial theory in child development. It's like, is it nature that raises the children or is it the way that we nurture them, develops them? And really it's, it's kind of both at the same time. But, you know, this um, nature and this nurture, like the nurture, okay, masking your kids, they're going to think that's normal. And then if you really look into like, in infant development, they need to see mom and dad's face. They need to see other people's faces. So much of a child's development is nonverbal. They're, um, you know, soaking in their environment and taking it all in. And that's really what shapes them and develops their personality and the way that they're able to process things wow. around them. And so if everyone's, you know, masked and they're not seeing people, it's going to be it's going to be shocking for them to, to suddenly, you know, live in a different world, like not used to crowds or not used to seeing mom and dad's face or auntie's face or whatnot. It's like, no, we are meant to see each other's faces and have that eye contact and that, um, you know, nonverbal communication, super important. Jeez. I was thinking of you cause I was listening to some, again, just random YouTube stuff, uh, 
Elijah Schaefer was doing an interview mm. talking about his background and growing up in a fundamentalist family. Oh, interesting. It's crazy. Mm. I didn't know that about him. And so I was listening to it and he talks about how, you know, he was shuddering in fear having to give a speech to a homeschool group because he just, oh. the, the limited mm. engagement that he had with normal people and mm. with uh, larger settings, it was just non-existent. Yeah. And so I thought about that of like, wow, what do you think the implications are going to be long-term of mm. the generation that was raised with COVID with your experience? Oh my gosh. That's I mean, a big question. Yeah. I, I mean, we really, I don't think that we're going to really know for another 15 or 20 years, really? like the devastation that it's going to cause on wow. like even, you know, speech pathologists and, um, you know, therapists of all kinds are saying like, I have never seen the decay and development that we're seeing in, you know, their current patients and clients. Um, and it's, it's highly concerning. It's really detrimental to, you know, a child's development of not being in school and not being around their peers and not having those play dates and that face-to-face interaction with their friends. And, um, you know, it's, it's really scary, but my thing that I'm going to be really fascinated to, you know, watch sadly is, you know, there's obviously a lot of children that weren't raised with masks around and, you know, freedom loving parents who said no. And there's going to be millions of kids that were not raised under like the notion that everyone's dangerous and that there's a disease out there that's going to kill us all. What are those kids going to be like versus the kids who were masked and, kept from school and all of that. Like we're going to really kind of see, I think a stark difference in both groups of kids Uh, and who's going to be more capable and comfortable with change and able Mm -hmm. and all of those things that it's going to be wild, like healthy adults. I mean, you could see so many comparisons there. Like some people say, imagine if there was a civil war and it was these like city libs versus country boys Mm -hmm. that have, a massive amount of guns and military experience, like yeah. it would be quite the sight. The other aspect of it that I look at too with COVID is people would ask me, what do you think is going to happen to young people mm-hmm. after being raised in this? I'm concerned about the kids that have never experienced another normal. This mm-hmm. is the, you know, that new normal we talk about. That's their life. They, mm-hmm. they grew up, they were born like COVID babies that were born through this. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we'll always know this as their original normal. I'm worried about that. But I also wonder politically for the kids that were in like middle school, high school, college, and then young adults, are they going to become so radicalized from what they lost because mm-hmm. of authoritarian bureaucrats? Are they going to eventually realize what happened to them yeah, everything and then that was resent taken. government, resent authority and grow up to be super, uh, embracing of freedom and individual autonomy over themselves and their bodies, or have they been indoctrinated into Mm. the political mindset that that's the proper role of government? And so that's what I usually tell people is I think it's going to go one way or another Mm -hmm. based on kid. Mm -hmm. You never know, but I do see a lot of people saying, okay, we missed all of our high school memory and experiences. We paid full price for college to sit and start a Zoom screen. And now I know nothing. I saw something, Allie, a TikTok or a reel of somebody who said, anybody else graduate college and then stay in their apartment for all of the last year of college and then get a full-time adult job, but never actually go into it. It's just a remote job. And so mm-hmm. they've never met anybody oh my gosh. and they've never like dressed up into work clothes and got into an office before oh, Wow! because they, that was their life of transitioning from right. college to adulthood. And they were like, I just feel like something's wrong here. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to grow up and, and resent. It's kind of like the parent thing where 
in the 20s, you and I have talked about this too, the science of as you become an adult and somebody who's going to have kids, you start to think back to parenting styles, what you experienced, what your friends experienced, what just your community was Mm -hmm. like. Was it a suburban or rural? Like did kids go out, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you start to judge of like, okay, this is what I liked, what I didn't like. And I wonder if as those people become adults, are they going to start to realize, wait a second, that's what you did to us Mm -hmm. when we were in our early developmental stages. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the sexual stuff with kids. Are they going to... I, I really worry about like the trans, mm-hmm. the pronouns, the the parents that support this kind of radical gender ideology yeah. and transitioning of their kids. What we're about to experience is something unlike anything ever seen. It's going to be detrimental either way. Did you see what is a woman? Oh, you, we fell asleep. You haven't seen yeah. it yet. Yeah, we fell asleep like oh, 10 minutes into it. We tried to watch it together oh. and then we fell asleep <laughs> on the couch because it was after work. But Morgan and I are very thrilling. Uh <laughs> If anybody wants to know, we went to dinner and we ordered an alcoholic beverage and neither of us finished our drink. And the waiter, when we left, they, he was like, do you want to finish these that are half full? He was full? like, chug, chug, <laughs> And chug. we were like, we're, we're going to go now. And then both of us the next day said, I didn't feel so good after that. <laughs> after half of an alcoholic yeah. beverage. Oh That's gosh. me being young and hip. What can I say? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what is a woman? I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And it does make me nervous. specifically with childhood development that we need to be providing objective truth for kids so that when they are coming of age and when they're becoming adults, they understand the guidelines of society. Yeah. And when we don't give that to them and when we play experimental political games with their minds and their Mm -hmm. understanding of the world around them, I think bad things are going to happen with that. And we are nowhere close to seeing the repercussions of that. I totally agree. It's, it's very, it's a serious problem that we're going to be dealing with in the future. I mean, I, I have um, two nieces and a nephew, um, and they're uh, four, five, and almost eight. Mm-hmm. And so they're at this, you know, such a prime age that the left seems to be targeting right now. And we've, as a family, have just been really, like, conscious about, you know, instilling these values in them and talking to them about, you know, what is a, like, how to be a gentleman. Like, we're training, I mean, not training, that's a wrong word to say, but we're guiding our nephew on how to be a gentleman and thinking yeah. of others. And we're talking to our nieces already, you know, about what it is to be grow up and be a lady mm-hmm. and the value of that. Yeah. And um, I think those are really important conversations to be had with children. It's not like they're just going to one day understand and learn. Like, the, these are values that you instill in children at a very young age. So... Oh, for sure. Anyway, yeah. I completely agree. Um, Allie, to kind of close out, yeah. W- what are you doing next? So you yeah. you work with me for the Freedom Records, yes. and we interview all these people. Just so everybody knows, all the research and the history stuff, like when you see posts about Weather Underground or about Black Lives <laughs> Matter and uh, all these older books and all these moments in history, it's because Allie spends hours researching this yes. stuff. Can you talk about that, though, Allie, before yeah. we close out? like, What is it like? Because I do not think a lot of this stuff even exists on the internet. And if Mm -hmm. it does, it's in the dark depths. And so a lot of the footage that we have gotten, we've paid for Mm -hmm. and we've paid, you know, a hefty price to be able to get access to it because no one's ever used it really before. And if they have, it's certainly not showable on the internet or it's suppressed or whatever it may be. But a lot of the stuff that we've been putting together and that you've been researching just truly isn't discussed at all. And yeah. we are bringing it back to like, do you want to share that. what that experience yeah. is like to have to be the first person to put the information <laughs> yeah. together? You know what? I, I love it. It's so much fun. And mm-hmm. I 
you know, before working for you during like that 2020 window, I started doing these deep dives on communism. Um, just so it's happened. So yeah. <laughs> just so happened that I was like, what? Oh, I want to start like researching and learning more about this. And really, um, it's, you know, I find like these little rabbit holes really, and I just go down them. But, you know, the way that we do our content, as you know, it's like we spend two weeks going through a certain country or a dictator or whatever. Um, and that kind of guides me and the interview guides me on the topics discussed and the concerns during that time. And just, I really like to paint the picture of like what the context was yeah. around that time, because I think that's really important to understand the context, the historical context and, um, different elements in the culture that was happening and what caused the rise of the left in that country. Like, like all those little things. That's what matters. Yeah. The buildup in that country. And you and I have talked, it's, it's convoluted. Mm -hmm. I mean, El Salvador, that was Mm -hmm. a special one. That was hard. (laughs) We've done 15 episodes this year that we filmed. We're only, We've only released about three so far for, um, you guys can watch those ones at the freedom records.com. But Allie and I are trying to put together now, like as those are getting released and edited, those, we kind of like pass that off and then they get posted. But now our job is figure out what to do next with them. And Mm -hmm. we have this vision of taking moments in history and then combining the interviews with the research and all these things to make more, uh, history education focus, Mm -hmm. like moments and events. Yeah. And we're really excited about it. Um, but really Allie does lead the charge on it. So Allie, thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate it. I'm yeah. excited for the future episodes because there's so much to discuss, but yeah. is there any closing thoughts that you have oh, as man. an LA gal? Leaving? <laughs> Are you going to leave California? I think so. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, I don't see a future there really. It's yeah. sad. It's really, it's a, it's a sad reality. You know, how come after, what made you want to leave after 10 years, almost 10 years? Um, I, really, it's like the public safety. Yeah. Just not really feeling safe, having to look over my shoulder. I mean, someone was just robbed from, of $10,000 that he withdrew from a bank out in Sherman Oaks yesterday. Really? Yeah. So these these criminals are emboldened, and, um, you know, these policies that the left is implementing aren't, you know, creating a safe society for us all, and it's really damaging. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, in that, I've watched a segment, the Tucker segment that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And it says once they made it that you couldn't criminalize homelessness, then it uh, mm-hmm. it emboldened the politicians in office to like have this new slush fund of money that they could throw at the crisis of homelessness. Yep. And then they they don't stop people from being homeless. Nope. They they give people millions of dollars to build these fancy apartment complexes. I saw one that was in um skid row it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars per apartment room yes and then there's it's gonna like what house dozens of people yeah but each of those people it's a cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars to get them a home none of it makes sense really it just seems like they're all playing political games Mm -hmm. and throwing money around yeah ask me yeah so that would also really frustrate me to know that my taxpayer dollars are going to that yeah and then yeah the idea that you could get stabbed by pumping your gas yeah not thrilling or just getting robbed <laughs> like, well i endorse you leaving and i think oh. everybody else would too <laughs> thank you with that being said thank you Allie, yeah. for joining thank you i appreciate this it and you guys fun. stay tuned for more episodes with Allie. she is an expert on childhood development she 
is also an expert on weather underground. She's involved <laughs> in the re- recall Gascon yeah. um, efforts to get the DA, the district attorney, out of Los Angeles like they did in San Francisco. So we're going to do a bunch of really informative episodes coming up. This yeah. was an intro to Allie episode. If you liked it, I'm going to link to Allie's information and social page uh for instagram and anything else in the description if you liked this episode please share it to instagram and to social media and subscribe and give us a five-star worded review thank you very much i hope you have a nice day (laughs) let's play a button to end it we'll play aoc's button perfect i think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely factually and semantically correct than about being morally right Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.